Howdy, folks. It's Scaring is Sharing. Yeah, it's the place where we share scares with each other and you. Hi. Hello. What's up? Hello. K-Pasa. Everyone. Everyone that's out there <laughs> listening. As always, it's I, Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Sim, Rusk, here with... And Brandy Joe, the Flame and Scream Queen, Planback. And today is episode... 90! 90! Yeah, I was, I, was, I was about to say 89, but we just put out 89. We did, but... It's episode 90. Jeremy, that's fucking crazy. I know, right? It's been 90 episodes. That's a lot of time together. Yes, it is. It's, a <laughs> lot. it's been almost two years. It has. It really has. It's crazy. And as always, with every 10-episode milestone, we have a special guest... Yes, and it is special spe- special friend. What am I trying to say? Friend of the podcast. <laughs> go, ahead inter- go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, it's, it's me, Ethan. I'm waving to the camera. Since I'm the flaming scream queen and Jeremy is the original Sasquatch Slim, what is your handle? Oh my God, I don't know. Oh, well, geez. Let's, let's come up with it during the episode I'm and so we'll have a little break. Yeah, yes, friend of the pod. By the end, for sure. <laughs> yeah, friend of the pod, Ethan, who, if you're a regular listener, you've probably heard some of Ethan's uh, emails at some oh my point. God. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, yes. you have been such a great supporter. And also, I must say, because we're on Zoom right now for anyone who yes. is at home, and Ethan, your hair is glorious. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> oh my God, I wish I had any <laughs> hair. <laughs> you, your hair is illustrious. It is curly. It is beautiful. Yes, there's so much of it. It's so hot, but it's uh, it's nice, you know. Uh, I've done the bald route before. Definitely nice, just jump out of the shower and then you're just done. But, oh yeah. Uh, I figured if I have it, might as well uh, flaunt it a little bit. Yeah, I know your hair has so much volume too. Like my <laughs> oh, hair is yes, really yes, my yes. hair is really stringy. So as mm-hmm. I let it grow, I just look like I get that Charles Manson thing. I just yeah. look like oh, a fucking hot. cult leader. Like it looks horrible. So. Now, Ethan, you and Jeremy know each other, correct? Can you give us a little bit of a background on your friendship? Ethan, okay, I'll go from my perspective first, which is, Ethan, I had known, like, I knew your name just Mm -hmm. because you know, you know, Kastriba Nick, Kastriba Nick the Knife, as podcast people may know him, and uh, that little group of James and Damon and our other buddies who I grew up with. I've known them all since, like, grade school, so. Um, But at some point, I know... Ethan's name had come up, uh, but I had never met you mm-hmm. until recently. And so you can yes. you can go with your perspective, I suppose. Now, well, I remember I was uh, we were playing video games with Nick, and he's like, "I got to pop off. I got to go do this show. You know, it's gonna the episode's gonna come out." I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna support my friend. You know, do that." And I made sure before I listened to his episode, I listened to the Ravenous episode. I'm like, okay, I like how this is going. Then, you know, I listened up to that point. And then I went over to Nick's place to pick up some art because we were doing um, like a wedding shower. And I wanted the house to not just be blank walls. And I heard you were talking, you guys were playing D&D. And I looked at Nick, I was like, 
is that is that scaring sharing is that one of the guys that i think i went up to and i was like oh you guys should do this movie this movie this movie this that's movie. yeah that's pretty much what happened uh, and then yeah after that i kind of got more assimilated into the uh the game the D D group the yep is, the, the rest is history yep oh my yep. god so, that's amazing and nick's artwork is incredible i gotta yes. say yes yeah, i have two or three i have three pieces of nick's I want to buy some of his, and my house is so full. The walls are so full. Mm-hmm. I need to figure out when I need to like cycle some things out so I can get some Nick the Knife stuff because I've long wanted some of his artwork. It is gorgeous, and it keeps um, evolving and doing. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. just love it. He's so so talented, and in all he's ways. got a lot of it too. He's always creating. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's his work is great. He's fantastic. And Ethan, when I look at our mutual friends on Facebook, we also have tons of mutual friends. Yeah. Yes, a lot of theater people. Now, we're synced into the theater scene because your wife is into theater. Is that correct? Are you as well? Uh, she is more than I am. Okay. She was doing theater at Eastern before I got there, and then we started doing shows together. But then she was doing stuff uh, with CRLT in Ann Arbor through U of M and just doing stuff at uh, Penny Seats and Encore. Awesome. So I just, love I Penny know Seats. a whole bunch of people. Nice. Yeah. And do you perform as well? Or you do tech things? I, I do. I do performing. Uh, I, I haven't in a very long time because of COVID. And also I have a adult job now and I just never <laughs> seem to have time. Like I just get home. I want to go to bed. I don't want to go to rehearsal. I mean, if, a, if certain shows came up, obviously I would audition, but like, okay. As I'm getting older, it's getting harder and harder to get through the day. Well, thank you for being a friend of the podcast. And I just, I had an idea for a nickname, although I don't know. I think this word is a thing, but I thought of like, Ethan, the edgelord of doom, Danky. (laughs) (laughs) An edgelord is a thing, right? Is that a thing? It is a thing. (laughs) Whether it's good or not, you know, but it's a perspective thing. I was going to say, no, we don't have to go with it, okay? Our our senses of humor, though, Ethan, you know. You know, yeah, no, we played D and D. Like I, that kind of works. It's it's all in good fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the EOD, even it could be the E E O D D. Yeah, that's. I, I like just that. was trying to a little alliteration, a little working with the letters in mm-hmm. your name. But we'll come back to it, okay? Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I kind of like his royal. <laughs> I was thinking his royal dankness, Ethan. Or, you know, have someone. You guys uh, have the listeners write in. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Whoever, all the other friends of the podcast, right in. uh, What do you think? The listener from Virginia, we'll have them do the. uh, Oh my God. Whoever whoever the mystery listener in Virginia is, right in. I bet bet I'm even pronouncing Tappahannock wrong. It just looks like that. But I'm so intrigued. I think it's Tappahannock. I've heard of it. Maybe it's someone on a VPN and they log in through their VPN into Tappahannock. Maybe they do. I don't Maybe it's know. You, oh, yeah. Jeremy. I bet it's you. It's me. No. <laughs> yeah, it could be whoever it is. Whoever's using Virginia, like you've you've binged through everything in like a week. Like the, or like I said, I or have, maybe I've, you're listening to the same episode like 30 times. I think over. they just keep restarting it, and it just logs it as it's been listened to multiple times. Mm-hmm, but like maybe. that's not how it works on like an Apple. So I I don't know. Maybe I I don't who understand. Knows, who knows? Somebody is listening in. to us in Virginia that's new, and we're getting lots of numbers from them. So Ethan, before we get into anything else, since you started on the Ravenous episode, and yeah. Jeremy and I have vastly different opinions about ravenous where do you fall on the ravenous vastly different. rapture oh, God. i 
I remember one time we were talking about the specific movie and I was like, I don't really get the soundtrack. I don't like it a lot. <laughs> and I think uh, Nick, Nick, the knife almost jumped the pool table and tried to kill me. He was very <laughs> upset with me. Uh, it was a very unpopular opinion at the table that day. I get it. I get like what's trying to be done with the, the sound of that movie, but it just, I don't know, maybe with the Western atmosphere it just doesn't click with me. Could okay. be. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah, but what about the move, the rest of the movie? Do you like it? It's hard. It's hard to say. So that's a solid meh, I'm hearing. <laughs> Just don't really care one way or the other. It, it was, I mean, I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. I definitely watched it. <laughs> but it's one of those movies where, you know, I couldn't click with it. The parts that, you know, um, what's his name? From Scream. Uh, for some reason, David, I Arquette. Thought, David Arquette. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I was like super banking on David Arquette to be in it a lot. Oh, yeah. And when he's, he was in it, it was great. He's like but a glorified that, cameo. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> you got the guy from um oh Jesus, I'm blanking on the name. He's the uh, older redheaded gentleman. Mm. What is it? Martians like oh fuck. Oh. This is really bad for interviews. I'm so sorry. You're gonna have to edit all this out. <laughs> guy Pierce? Not Guy Pierce. The older uh, redheaded the guy. Principal Wait. Ferris Bueller. Oh, Jeffrey Jones. Yes, that, oh. that problematic man. <laughs> the pedophile. Like, oh Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I would I would say for anyone that hasn't seen it, sit down, watch the movie. It's a fun little romp. But if you have no interest, and I don't think you're gonna uh, miss out on too much. Yeah, yeah it, it, that's that just it, my personal opinion. I'm sorry to all the Ravenous fans. I know, right? There. It has a very devoted fan base, which I am, of course, part of. But and I am not never heard of it before. It's such a fascinating movie too that it is so divisive so it's mm-hmm. like either you get it either you're just keyed into the weird little world they built with it or mm-hmm. it just doesn't do anything for you so what is your horror aesthetic ethan like oh. if you had to sort of lay it out on the line i love uh obviously zombie movies are always fun even bad ones i just love the whole survivalist like us for them versus them mentality uh and I know it sounds trashy, but like, give me a good kill. You know, mm. I think the Saw movies are horrible, but I'll watch a video that's just just the kills. Uh, <laughs> the more unique, the more creative, the more gory, the better. Maybe not a slasher per se, but something but where gore. there's just like a crazy body drop. That that's yeah. that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes I, you know, I get it too because I wouldn't say I necessarily am a gore hound, as they say. But there are times when I'm like, I want to watch something that's real nasty, just real violence. So, or like a, a Final Destination, super yeah. creative with the kills. You know they're coming. You know not to like fall in love with these characters because one of them's going to be gone in like five minutes. It's yep. <laughs> it just is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I feel watching. Uh, uh, sort of like the 70s and 80s period of like Italian movies, your mm-hmm. Lucio Fulci movies and your Dario Argentos where you know like by design virtually everyone's going to die and it's all going to be in like increasingly disgusting yeah. you know, sequences. <laughs> so yes, I, I I can I get it. And shout out to our friends over at It's Only a Podcast who have their Overkill series that is just wrapping on the Final Destination movies and there've been so much fun. So go and check that oh, out. Oh yeah, yeah, those have been already. cool. Yeah, so sure. real, real good. So do you have a favorite Saw kill and a favorite zombie movie? Like if you had to pick one, if you're like, okay, that's uh, the only one that's going to live. When I think, I think the first 
I don't even know if it's necessarily a favorite, but the Saw one where um, the guy's like, he gets all his limbs twisted and just like the bones are breaking, which I don't like mm. bone breaking stuff, but that's just like the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, zombie movie? That one's tough. I guess the first one that came to mind is um, Shaun of the Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, That's a solid. I've seen like 50, 60, 70, maybe 100 yep. times. Countless I mean, that times. Just like a classic for me. Yeah, I used to have it memorized in college. I watched it so many fucking wow. times. Like I could like close my eyes and watch the movie. I watched it way too much. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you like One Cut of the Dead? You know what? I was kind of bummed out by that. <gasps> you were? Oh, yeah, because no. I thought it was going to be like this whole like, um, kind of reminiscent to Diary of the Dead. Ah, okay. so you thought it was going to be a full like on zombie, zombie movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Actual zombie movie. Great either. Uh, but I don't know. I thought that maybe the twist came later. I don't know. Mm-hmm. To me, I was just like, oh, I'm ready to watch this like really crazy zombie movie I keep hearing about. And then like halfway through, it's like, oh, it's the making of it, which is great. Like that was fun to watch. But I don't know. Maybe I went in too invested. That was going to be one thing. And I had my heart. Broken. I know that can mm-hmm. work Trade. either like with you or against you, like in how you feel about something like you, it can either be like, Oh, I was really expecting this. And then I was shocked and surprised and delighted that it was this other thing. And mm-hmm. sometimes you can be like, Oh, I'm excited for this. And then it's not that. And then you're like, what did I just watch? That's not, I didn't go into that with the right mindset. So sort mm-hmm. of like the movie we just talked about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So let's <laughs> talk about Nope for a second. Cause you just saw it the other night. Yes. And without being a spoilery, what were your thoughts? Oh my god, I loved it. I you thought did? it was great. I I <laughs> thought it was great. Um, I wouldn't give it a five. I'd give it a four and a half, hands wow. down, easy. And actually, uh, the teragram has some stuff I would talk about as well. But no, I thought it was like so. Why well, saw on an IMAX? I don't know if that does anything. But like every time the thing shows up. It was so loud. I felt like I was in the movie kind of, uh, maybe a little bit too loud for me, but no, the whole movie, like, uh, beginning to end was either super scary. Like with the, uh, I, I finished your guys' episode as well this morning, mm-hmm. uh, with the a little encounter in the barn house that mm-hmm. scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also super reactive. Sounds like me and Bert have a lot going on. I'm looking yeah, at I my think wife it was the whole time being like, oh my God, oh shit, oh God. <laughs> yeah, so, that's, that's what my brother was doing the whole time. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the ending was kind of just like, I don't know if people are going to be mad at this opinion, but it was like Jaws, but in the sky. Yeah. It was like that final arc where they're just hunting the thing. And I thought it was great. It was just like an action movie at the end. And I loved it. Four and a half stars, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you listen to our episode. I, I, in the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I'm not really super committed to my rating. I just feel like I had built up an entirely different movie in my brain, mm-hmm. and then when it wasn't that, I was having a hard time, yeah, <laughs> rec- rectifying the two of them. So I need to rewatch it. That's like for sure. I know I'm going to revisit it and give and it I, another shot. I loved all the characters. Um, Obviously, the two, the siblings, I thought were great. Mm-hmm. Angel, I thought was almost like the audience insert. Now yeah, uh, yeah, Angel is great. Uh, even the director, I thought he was super cool. And I kind of like how his arc 
kind of wraps up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll talk about um, Stephen Yoon's character because I know you guys had some questions about that, and I had I put some stuff in my head, so I don't know if I can answer questions or maybe expand on things. But uh, yeah, overall, I loved it. I thought it was great. Cool. Well, you mentioned a teragram, so let's get to that. Yeah, yeah let's read the teragram. Yeah, and Ethan, okay. um, today you are going to read our teragram for us. I know. I'm so excited. Whenever we're ready, I'll go. Yeah, do it. Take it away. Who's it from? So <laughs> it's our, uh, our very good friend, Teacher Drew. Yes. And, uh, Teacher Drew writes, hey, guys, I had to pause your last episode and go see Nope. Like you both, I'm very torn about this movie. I also gave it a three stars on Letterboxd. The cast was stellar and the first act pulled me in. But once the twist was revealed, things got more confusing. Uh, and then in parentheses, uh, what was the monkey subplot about anyways? Uh, I liked a lot of, about the final act, but things got a little disjointed. There were some great ideas, but they seemed rushed and overdeveloped. Perhaps another viewing will increase my appreciation. As of today, I still like us the best. Till next time, stay happy, stay healthy, stay you. Teacher Drew from Phoenix. Yes, yeah, Teacher Drew. Teacher Drew. And yeah, I when Teacher Drew wrote that, I said like, "What? A, where does Get Out factor into things?" And he said third out of the three, and I was wow. shocked. Wow, yeah, shocked, wow. Teacher Drew, you shook me to my core this yeah, morning. Get Out still reigns supreme <laughs> for me out of Jordan Peele's uh, uh, filmography thus far. Oh so. yeah. How do you rank him, Ethan? Uh, you know, I was thinking about this. I haven't seen Get Out in a super long time, but I remember like loving that as well so for right now to be super fair i'll say get out and nope are first place they're both good okay and then uh second place us i didn't really i thought us was okay yeah i i thought Mm -hmm. if anything i think that movie um was having some of the issues people are saying about nope i feel like that movie wasn't super 100 percent sure what it wanted to be um or I don't know. It's been a long time. I've seen that one too, but I remember leaving the theater and just being like, it was good, but I don't think I need a second viewing. Yeah. It just to complicate things too. Like since Jordan Peele is also a producer as well, because, um, you know, no, no slight against Nia DaCosta, uh, with the newest candy man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I always feel like I want to throw that in there. Cause that very much has Jordan Peele's fingerprints all over it. Yeah. Like, uh, the new Candyman, and I really loved that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, even as a producer, I think he's also flexing some, uh, you know, he's got some Spielbergian impulses. So I feel like he could be quite the well-rounded, like producer, writer, director threat going forward with like any project he attaches. You're saying he's to. like Spielberg and Poltergeist. Like maybe he really directed Candyman. Well, I'm not saying he really directed <laughs> Candyman because I mean the jury's still out because many people are still saying it was Toby Hooper's movie. Anybody that sure you it know, was anybody that says it was he wasn't directing is out of line or clearly has some sort of issue with Toby Hooper. <laughs> So, <laughs> so maybe there was drama on that set. Well, Jeremy, take us, ask Ethan another question. Let's get to know this person even more. This is one that I love, this question, mm-hmm. which is what is the first horror movie you remember ever seeing in your life? Or maybe not even horror movie, but the movie that scared you. The first time you remember being scared of movies as a as a youth. Well, probably, uh, you know, The Witches and Ernest Scared Stupid. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I was just talking to a coworker about how I was maybe like 
seven or eight, we were on vacation in um, Houghton Lake. Mm, okay. And my mom and dad thought it'd be a good idea to rent the Terminator. I remember that <laughs> freaked me out. <laughs> the Terminator <laughs> is scary. The first one? Yeah, the first one's like actually a horror movie. And then they go more into the sci-fi action. But that first one's like... Yeah, no. I, I when you're just a small little baby. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, my, uh, it's funny you say that because I do have like a very solid memory of my mom letting me watch it on like TV as probably <laughs> like, you know, six or seven, something like that. And, uh, she had to make sure to let me watch the scene where he gets destroyed to be like, he died. Okay. The Terminator yeah. is gone. Mm-hmm. Cause I was so it's... like, he's going to keep coming. He could be coming after us. <laughs> so I had to see the, the yeah, like, oh, he died. It's over. The like the ending where he's like crawling towards them, yes, just, like not yep, understanding what's happening. It's so freaky as a kid. Yep. Even the um the live action Pinocchio with uh, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor Thomas. Thomas. Oh my god, I remember but that. Th- that's probably roots deep into my horrible fear of like. I was gonna just bring that up. Being turned into like inanimate yeah, object objects, right? Or when they get oh, turned God. into donkeys, just, right? Isn't that in there? Oh, right. It's so fucked up. I don't know what people were thinking. <laughs> maybe we were. Maybe we're too sensitive now. But like, I can't imagine like when those stories were first made. People were like, yeah, this is like completely suitable for children. <laughs> no, yeah, it seemed like back in the day they were just like traumatize the fuck out of them, mm-hmm. get them ready for adult life. So I think <laughs> I think it helped us. Another war is coming up. Yeah, <laughs> get them ready. <laughs> another wars coming up yeah i'm excited for the new the new pinocchio there's like three well there's like the disney live action one that's the one i'm talking about that i'm excited for isn't there also the one about like the really gay one isn't there like isn't that a thing you know oh i don't know that one (laughs) yeah there's like i I think it may be already out but like there's definitely scenes online and it is mm-hmm. like the gayest Pinocchio ever. I can't, is he like voiced by like Polly Shore or yeah. Carrot Top or something and like that? It's Polly Shore. And I apparently he had like no idea about it. Like this was all news to him that he played Pinocchio super um, feminine. I guess. Yeah, but it is. It is a hilarious. And I'm, and I'm excited about yet a different Pinocchio movie, which is Guillermo del Toro's. Mm-hmm. Right. animated uh pinocchio movie that's coming to netflix so it's why is there so much Pino- pinocchio why is pinocchio did happening it, right now did it just hit like public domain or something is it just now i feel like, like it's gotta have thing? been in the yeah. public domain i feel it's like so yeah old. isn't it like isn't it like written in like 1700 or something i don't know i don't know if it's that i don't know if it's that old but you know it's a, it's an old ass story so so speaking of Polly Short, last night I tried to watch Phantom of the Mall, Eric's Revenge, which, by the way, sounds like a sequel. It sounds like it is a follow-up to another film called just Phantom of the Mall. It's so bad, I could not make it more than 20 minutes into it. But Polly Shore is in it, and he's it's so his, hot. It's his first movie, I think. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Oh my god, he's so cute. I would have never said that about Polly Shore, but in this movie, he is so cute. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that sentence before. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to check it out. <laughs> it's yeah, it's not good. Is I know it has they added the shutter. That sounds yes, so yes, yes, I think it did. I saw it. Okay, it's got yeah, a sure. it's got a huge cult following. I've never seen it. I've just always heard that fucking name forever. And it's one mm-hmm. of those movies that I have a theory that it was really obscure on home video for a long time, which for mm-hmm. which seemed to always help movies get a cult following of being like 
it's an underseen classic. And then you watch it and you're like, it's not good. I think it's just because no one else could watch and fact check mm. the people that were saying it was so good that everyone decided it's, it, it hasn't been seen in forever. So it must be something worth watching, but you know, yeah. so, some things should stay disappeared. I don't know. Yeah. And it has just a like theme that. song that uses the R word in it. Like the forbidden Whoa. R word. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. They say it's like the phantom of the mall. He's a R word <laughs> in a fan in a phantom mask or something like that's literally like one of the lyrics I wow remember, uh driving in my car there's that dieter straight song the yes i want my mtv and you know i've only i think it was on like guitar hero but then i was driving and listening to it and they dropped the f word yes that's the four letter one but the other one i'm like what the <laughs> fuck's going on it's just on the radio past 2012 at least yes wow. no i've always thought that because i always was like oh yeah dire straits that was a great song and then it was sometime in the last few years i heard it and was just like it like needle scratched in my brain where i was like what, what was that lyric i had to look <laughs> it up real quick and i was like i've been listening to this forever and like never realized i don't know if there's a is there a cleaner version where they like cut that that used to be on the radio all the time i don't know i have no idea but stuff like oh god stuff like that's just insane like Watching, um, still out there but there's so i think isn't there like an episode of the golden girls where one of the uh, i've never seen the show but um one of the characters is like getting sexually harassed or assaulted and there's just like laugh tracks like that's part or maybe that uh, does no, not sound out of the question theme songs the husband the wife playing the piano oh uh family ties Family, there's an episode of Family Ties like that, and like, isn't this a crazy, wacky situation? It's like, oh, this is really bad, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think sexual harassment, in particular, probably in the sitcoms, happens a lot to mm-hmm. comedic effect. Yeah, played for laughs a lot for back sure. in the day. Have you, um, have you guys heard? It's on Shutter. It's a Cantonese film called uh, The Untold Story. No. Mm-hmm. So I was watching that because it's been on my like list of things to get through. And I'm watching this movie and it's like super gory. Uh, but there's like these beat cops that are super comic relief. And then like halfway into the movie, there's like a five minute, like horribly brutal rape scene. Oh, wow. Like, wait, what the, f- like, where is this coming from? And then after that, it's back to the zany cops, like on these wacky adventures. I'm like, oh my god, how weird! Uh, yeah, I, I just, I was like, oh god, I'm gonna need a minute before I turn this movie back on. It was cool, it was good up until that point. Like, <laughs> I know you guys have talked about, like, you know, that subject in horror movies, and sometimes it's like, you know, after I see a guy like bashing someone's brains like 20 times i really don't need that extra oomph to be like oh yeah this guy's bad <laughs> yeah exactly it seems unwarranted yeah especially when it's used as like a punctuation to be like how do we mm-hmm. make everyone know he's the ultimate bad guy mm-hmm. we'll throw in a sexual assault which is like okay that's just a cheap ploy then at this point mm-hmm. so yeah i love the babadook but i don't need to see the nightingale or whatever that movie is called which is her follow-up and it i guess it really is all centered around like some extreme sexual assault and i just i don't i don't wanna i don't wanna yeah 
But mm. I'm a big fan of Revenge, which I know I'm going to give Jeremy at some point. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that, Ethan? I'm not. Oh, I've heard my fucking things. God. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. Um, so it will be an interesting topic. I'm sure we'll come back around to again one of these days. <laughs> so what are some of your all-time favorite horror movies? I know we talked that you like zombies and, yes. and things like that. But what are some of your just all-time favorite horror movies? Like if you had to pick five to live on a deserted island with for the rest of your life. Well, for the long, I can't say one of them because I'm giving you one of okay. them today. It actually <laughs> took the number one spot. The number one spot for the longest time was The Thing. Okay. Mm. Love The Thing. Mm-hmm. Love The Thing. Uh, yep. Who doesn't? It's so good. I, I don't want to meet him. Yeah, exactly. Don't die, that's <laughs> then wasn't, that, wasn't that movie like panned at first? Everyone was like, this is cheesy. Oh, yeah. This no, is- it. Which is it, insane to think that about. That is insane. It did really poor business at the box office, and critics were really like meh about it. They're like, oh, it's just wow. a gross-out movie. There's no like intellect behind this thing. Oh my god! It's and it's like, so yeah, good. and now it's like one of the most dissected movies of all time, as far mm-hmm. as you know. Everyone's like, it's a, it's a brilliant script. It's a brilliant movie. Blah blah blah. So you know, I critics can be at, very wrong. At Target, they have like the action figures. Yeah, and it's just like it's insane that this. I don't know. I love that movie. Um, honestly, let's say we'll put Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's another oh, one that I've seen yes. probably a thousand times. That's a great movie. So good. Um, most of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. <laughs> Not all of them. Yep. So which uh, do you dislike the most? The remake, so probably. Them, I always <laughs> I mean, the numbers. I think we talked about this, Jeremy, earlier. What's Which one is the one with the video game kill? Where it's like five? Stu- five. I think, yeah, five. That one's yeah. a prob or, or is that Freddy in six? Jason I'm sorry, is that five watch. or is that in six? No, because five might be the one with the comic book, the Super oh, Freddy kill. Yeah, I do, yeah, yeah right. but I think mm-hmm. I've said before that those confuse me. And yeah, I five five has Super Freddy, six is the mm-hmm. video game kill, and six, yeah, is awful. But if I had to pick a favorite nightmare movie, it would be the third one, Dream Warriors. It's so good. Which sure. is like such a boring answer. Everyone likes that movie, but I love it. And let's pick a fifth one. Oddly enough, I've never really sat down and thought about this. And I constantly have thought exercises where I'm like ranking, <laughs> like what are the greatest horror movies like in my brain to entertain to entertain myself. So, you know what? I was just talking about Hereditary with the coworker. Oh. Hereditary's oh. up there. I think that's going to be like a solid. Hundred years from now, people are going to be analyzing that film and being like, "This is one of the greats." I think it's going to hold that status. I think so. so I think, good. I think Ari Aster in the future will be considered mm-hmm. like one of the titans going forward. Now, isn't his third film not supposed to be like a horror movie or it doesn't sound as horror? That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing it's a departure, like into more of just a drama. Mm-hmm. Which all I've of his movies have, have that. It's supposed to be really long. I remember that, that it's supposed mm-hmm. to be like, I mean, all of his movies are, I think, mm-hmm. all over two hours, but this is supposed to be like an opus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll be intrigued. I mean, all of his movies, luckily, they do already have a strong dramatic through line like you could take out certain elements and it wouldn't be a horror movie anymore um and it would still be kind of solid but did you also like midsummer yeah yeah i saw that i actually saw that in theaters with my wife um it was those, it was one of those movies i was actually surprised she wanted to see it uh i think you guys were talking about how it's in the daytime and how mm-hmm. jarring that is and I loved how it all looked. It was maybe a little bit too long, uh, but and you just well, saw the two and a half hour version. 
oh god no no i don't think i i i probably can't watch a two and a half hour long movie in general even the marvel movies now are starting to be a little strenuous yeah they do but, seem um, long. midsummer was super cool but if i had to take the option between the two it'd be hereditary almost yeah. every day yeah i think i agree with you there another favorite question of mine is what is a horror movie you love but most people hate it or vice versa one you hate that everyone seems to love so i think the first one is easier just because there's so much like history with it but the first grave encounters Mm. uh, the group of friends i had in high school i think we watched that movie like every single weekend Mm -hmm. it would always be like the same four, five, six of us, but we would always bring like two or three new people in. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it that movie's actually very scary or if we were just overhyping people, but I remember just like losing my mind. I've seen the movie like probably 20 times, but like the same beats every single time screaming. <laughs> but sometimes you see movies with big groups like that, you know, things get ampli- uh, amped up a little bit. And I am but a I Grave Encounters it- fan too. I like Grave Encounters. What do you think of the second one? Never saw two. Okay. Probably don't need to. The okay. second one goes into some weird, like, we're here to investigate the first one. And it's just like, I don't, you can probably skip that one. Yep. A horror movie that everyone loves that I don't like. Man, that, that I think that one's harder. We'll get back to it. I'll, I'll think while we're going out um, mm-hmm. throughout the episode, but I can't think of one off the top of my head i'm not too much of a i don't want to say snob because that's kind of snobby to say <laughs> but i'm pretty much just like cool with um, oh babadook yep i did not like the babadook i have uh, to say that before mm-hmm. um, my heart. child in that movie i could not uh, i mean 100 percent. but i felt like it was very authentic authentically real and annoying <laughs> yes <laughs> as yes. opposed to being like a bad like, child actor but yeah i i agree i mean he you were like oh my god i can see why i should go crazy I, I just mm. couldn't get into it. I'm already so sad. I don't need anything <laughs> else to bring me down. Oh, Ethan, you don't strike me as a sad type. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not too sad. Just... Let's talk about spouses for a second, because yes. Jen and I obviously have talked a lot about that. So you mentioned you were a little surprised that your wife wanted to see Midsummer, And like my husband also, I was surprised, A, he wanted to watch it, and B, that he loved it, since he mm-hmm. hated Hereditary so much. So where does she fall in regards to horror and and things like that casey hates gore and blood which is interesting because i i love it uh (laughs) Uh, even in like nope when like all the well i don't want to spoil it but there's like a scene where there's a lot of blood Uh she was kind of like "Mm, i'm not a big fan of that Uh, (laughs) there have been times where i was like in the er or something and they have to draw the blood and like Mm -hmm. one of the nurses like I think we have to get this person a hospital bed. She is going to pass out. Oh, wow. Uh, so she is like super bad with that kind of stuff. But even like the on Shutter, that folk movie uh, documentary, we uh-huh. watched a trailer for that. She like super wanted to check it out. So I think she's cool with like witch stuff. Um, mm. Kind of like um, she doesn't like scream, but those like late 2010 like horror movies that were kind of like MTV allies. Did that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Like that. I immediately think of the house of wax remake from that. Something and stuff, like that. I bet stuff like that. Yep. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. 
What are you excited to check out that's coming out? So I just saw on Twitter that Prey got like a is it oh. Prey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The new it Predator. Like standing ovation. People yes. are freaking out about it at Comic Con right People now, are so calling like, it possibly the best Predator movie, like ooh, even better than the original, I'm hearing people say. So anything that I can watch from my house, I'm always super excited about. Uh-huh. Um is it because the, for what reason? Like, do you not like the theater? Is it like COVID stuff? What is the reason that you're not as crazy oh, God. about going I'm out? Like, I think I'm so paranoid with like, obviously COVID because I had it and it sucked. Okay. Uh, but like, even I don't want to get too political. So if you want to cut this out, that's fine. <laughs> no, like, go for it. Like there was a guy that got up in, um, nope. I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. Is he going to fucking shoot me? Like, oh, wow. like okay. I think COVID has like obviously stunted my social interactions. Not like that. I was always like a super sheltered guy. I always liked going out. But I think being locked up for so long it's kind of hard to go out. I'm still like, I go out, but I'm just not as, mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to being out in public around sure. people. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think my couch is so comfortable. We were in IMAX and the chairs were like, so outdated. Like everything has recliners now. So if I don't get a recliner, I'm like, oh, what yeah. is happening here? I just spent like a hundred dollars on a ticket. <laughs> I want someone fanning me during this movie. Yes, That's absolutely. I, I think the theaters need to start fucking doing that if they expect us to keep going to the <laughs> theater. Like they gotta make it even more worth your while. So no, and a hundred percent. I mean, the psychological effects of COVID in the last couple of years, just in general, like I are real. And I think like, I mean, everyone has them to different degrees. It like really was great for some people just who mm-hmm. didn't like to go out anyway. And then they're like, Oh, now I have like a total reason to stay home. And like for other people, it definitely has made things, you know, scarier and and different and not, you know, so I, I get that feeling. And I like a hundred percent, like just validate. Not that you're like looking for that, but like, but like mm-hmm. it, it's real, and I I understand it completely. Did you love Host? Since it like was a horror oh, movie yes, about yes, like sort of yes. the isolation mm-hmm. in so many ways. Wrapped I wonder if home. it really spoke to you. Actually, I will bring up the the movies that people hate that I love. Uh, Unfriended, the first and second oh, one. I love Unfriended. I love, I love the first movies. one, and I need to rewatch the second one. I feel like it was more rooted in reality and not like of a mm-hmm. paranormal thing. But I feel like it still used little tricks that seemed paranormally, and that mm-hmm. bothered me. I wanted it to be like a straight up more realistic, like you know, there's this ring of bad people. But then I felt like it used paranormally trickery, like the first one, and I didn't. I think it was not supposed to be rooted in that. I thought it was supposed to be like there are these real bad people who like are killing people. That reminds me. Have you guys watched um, the new season of American Horror Stories? No, no. I, I'm I'm over that show. But is that good? Ryan Murphy needs to be arrested. Stop. <laughs> Stop. He needs to be put in Guantanamo Bay. We we uh, isolated. Wow. Yeah. I think we're generally in agreement with you because we've talked about this where it's like they need to stop giving him TV deals because nothing has been worthwhile for a very long time that he's come up with. And I can have some like extreme views. People have been told me like, you're kind of sounded like a crazy person, but me and Casey had just watched the first episode of season two. And it's just like, no spoilers, but it's just like, pick something. You know, mm-hmm. not everything needs to tie into everything, but if you guys check it out, you'll kind of understand what I mean. But it's just like, 
so horrible and I don't think it helps. Like I want more horror television shows. Mm-hmm. Stop giving them to that man. Yes. <laughs> Have there's people that are way more high, uh, highly qualified that can handle this genre way better. I often wonder uh, if he is, is he a human at all? Cause I feel like, <laughs> like, has he interacted with real humans? Cause I feel like one of my biggest things is like his shows are populated with characters that just don't act like people ever. Mm-hmm. Like nobody interacts with other characters in a way like any human would. So I'm like, what is going on with that? Like his Which world is insane. Cause his like, worldview is must be so strange. American horror story. The first and second season are like, in my opinion, masterpieces. I think they're perfectly done. The first one was very good. Mm-hmm. That's my unpopular um, opinion. Mm. Mm. <laughs> but I love the second one, so I'm with you there. I, I The second one is my favorite. But I think by like three, maybe there was like an injury or something happened in his life. Yeah. And it's just like, or maybe he was just like, wait, people want more glee kind of behaviors. Because I know he did Scream Queens. I think that was mm-hmm. that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, I don't need to see John Stamos in anything scary. It just takes me out of it. I don't yeah. need it. Yep. Fuller House was scary enough. Yeah, absolutely. But wait, have you seen Channel Zero? No, but that's uh, that's also on my uh, shirts. I oh, know that first yes. season was the first season was like uh, based on that uh, like the scary kids show. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Pirate Cove or something. Yes. Cove. Mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. Cove. Something Cove. Yeah, the the. Creepy pasta. Oh my god, so good. Yeah, they're all based on a creepy pasta, and they're all like six episodes. Like, yeah. I don't need like ten episodes. Like, that's that's where 1984 went so wrong. It's like for what it oh. was, it didn't need to be this whole. I liked long 1984. Season. You, that was. 1984. It just felt like Murder House in the Woods. Yeah. It just felt like like yeah, season Murder House one. In the woods. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? But I guess I didn't like that. So, so I have. I also haven't seen Channel Zero, but it's funny that you brought it up. Because I just listened to the, what is that podcast? Um, Development Hell that Dread mm-hmm. Central does of the mm-hmm. unmade like horror sequels. And they're doing a Friday the 13th series right now of all the uh, Friday the 13th sequels that never happened. But w- one of the ones they just, one of the recent episodes was of the, it was supposed to be a sequel to the 2009 remake or like a follow-up from the 2009 mm-hmm. remake where they were going to reboot again and set it back in the 80s. Uh, but that version was written by the creator of the Channel Zero TV series. Uh, so uh, it sounded fucking awesome. Like apparently the script is out on the internet. You can just read it because he just released it, you know, studio mm-hmm. be damned. I'm just going to throw the script out online. And people are like, this was amazing. Like, I wish they made this movie. Did you guys ever watch... Um the missed television show. I think no, it was like I started it. Cause I don't, uh, that's my unpopular opinion is I don't like that movie, oh, um, man. but, but like I started the TV show and I was into it and then something just happened and I just trailed off. See, and I enjoyed the movie too much and I loved the novella even more than the movie. Mm. So I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to see this TV series. I heard it departs from a lot of stuff, you know, Did established you like story. So. Oh, man, it was hard because some of it I thought was interesting, but I knew it was bad. Kind of mm-hmm. like that. Um, what was it? Black Summer on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I watched that first season. I know they made a second season like five years later, and I've been meaning to check out the second season. But I think sometimes with horror television, I kind of accidentally get stuck watching bad shows. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I might as well finish them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I sort of derailed. So you're excited about Prey. What other oh, exciting oh, things are you looking no, forward no, to? I'm, that's my bad. Prey. Oh my God. 
what else? I feel like there's so much like media getting blasted in my brain at any time. So it's like hard for me to like remember. I mean, you I can't like, remember what's happening anymore yeah. after I'm dead. It's hard to remember what's coming out. Um, I'm sure there's a sequel to something out right now that I'm really excited to see, but I just can't remember. What about it's like just... Smiley or whatever <gasps> yeah, it's called? Yeah. Um, yeah. Smile. Smile. When we watched it trailer, we've seen it at home. I told Casey, I'm like, I wouldn't go to the theater to see that, but I'll be excited to watch it at home. Yeah. It looks, yeah. it looks fun. It looks like there's probably nothing behind it. If I don't know if that's too like harsh on it. It just looks like a fun run. Yeah. Yeah, but, it looks uh, like the ring mixed with that creepy smile thing from Truth or Dare. Or yes. what that, is that what that show is called? Truth or Dare with like Lucy Hale and they went to like Mexico? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that's that what, what that I thought was called? it was. I thought it was like a sequel. It does that. look like because they yeah. do that smiley thing that's yep. just like a computer generated yes. thing. It should have yep. like been real. Like they do some real effect where they, you know, because it's just obviously like computer generated. But I still want to see it. I still like yeah. to see mm-hmm. it. Yeah. What about um, Halloween Ends? Are you looking forward to that? You know, so I kind of missed out on that train. I wanted to see the first one super bad, but I think part of it, as much as I'm okay going to the movies by myself, I always like going with other people, but my wife didn't want to go see it because again, it's like that like slasher kind of thing. And I think that just like personally freaks her out too much. And I just heard how not right the second one was. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe I'll make a trip to see the last one. Oh Ethan, you can go to the movies with us anytime. Oh, yeah, you I can will. come with us anytime we go. Oh, very cool. Now I know. Now I have someone to go with. Oh my yeah, god, absolutely. Anytime. But um, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's kind of like what I did with Scream when I think it was Scream Four was coming out. Obviously, I'm ninety three. Born 93, so I'm a little bit younger, wow. so I wasn't seeing the first few in theaters for yeah. the first one I went, would have went to go see. But like the prep for it, I like watched every single one. I love Scream, even Scream 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, Scream 5 was one where I like really made sure not to watch trailers, not to look up any kind of spoilers, uh, even though like halfway through the movie, I don't know, in my opinion, I was like, I feel like I know who the Killers yeah. are, and then you go, oh, okay, I, okay, wow, yep. I'm surprised no one else in this movie figured it out, but okay, <laughs> mm-hmm. but cool. Well, yes, please come with us, Jeremy. Why don't you ask our favorite question? Our favorite question of all is, have you ever had a paranormal <laughs> experience? Yes, yes. I, I remember I wrote in about this, and I was, um, we have a new lady at work. I'm training, and I, um. There's this documentary, The Phenomenon. Have you guys heard of that? No. I, you know what's funny is I literally online was just reading about that documentary earlier mm-hmm. today while I was sitting at the dentist office. I went to a dentist oh, no. appointment this morning and I was reading about The Phenomenon, found that movie online. And I was like, this sounds interesting. Yeah, I was watching the trailer and I started like peeking over and I'm like, uh, so what do you think about this? And she's like, oh, yeah, obviously there's aliens. So I'm like, OK, we're cool. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm blank. What was the question? <laughs> Have you had a paranormal experience? Oh, yes, yes, yes. So we'll do the we'll do the not as interesting one that's more alien attuned. Um, I used to work at a pet smart in Farmington Hills, and I was doing I would do the um stocking of the shelf. So I was getting there at like 5 a.m. So I was sitting in the parking lot at like 4, 4:30. I got there super early, you know, eat breakfast, hang out. 
And I felt like something was looking at me and I look up and I see this like little dot in the sky, almost like a satellite or a star, but then it started mm. like shaking, vibrating. It just went. <laughs> I remember calling my brother. I'm like, Hey man, you don't got to call me back. But I think I just saw a UFO. I was so tired that I don't think I was able to react uh-huh. <laughs> correctly, but mm-hmm. that always sticks in my head. But my, uh, the one I wrote about, was at my parents' house. Um, me and my brother shared a bedroom until my grandma died and she left my parents' money, so we got our basement finished, which involved getting two bedrooms made for me and my brother so we didn't share a room. And I would wake up at, like, the weirdest times to my bed, just, like, violently shaking. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, oh, okay, I guess this is happening now. Better go back to bed. And then... um always felt like people were like always had eyes on me and shit just like very uncomfortable in my house never slept very well which is how i you know marathon like all the nightmare movies one night because amc just played them all in order in order i'm like i can't sleep it's four o'clock in the morning i'm just gonna stay up but i was playing video games my brother walked past me and he was like yeah do you ever just wake up to your bed shaking and i'm like yes (laughs) about once every other week or so and then from there, he was telling me shit he was going through where he would be sleeping and he would wake up and there would be like impressions on his bed. Um, he talked to my dad about it and how the house is set up. If you're laying on the couch, you can see it on the hallway. And he would say he would see like this apparition of like a little girl just walking back and forth down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, you know, she's never messed with me. I'm not going to mess with her. I've done some research about it because I'm like, maybe this is just, there's something going on with me. And I did, because I've had, I have this thing sometimes if I wake up and I'm in a daze, I kind of hallucinate a little bit. Like I'll see like spiders, like giant spiders on the ceiling and shit. It could possibly be like a passive narcolepsy, undiagnosed kind of thing I have, or the house is haunted. And if I had to pick the two, I'd think the house is haunted (laughs) just because like, um, I've tried recreating the shaking in the bed and it was just like, it was like an earthquake under my bed. It happened so many times. And the fact that it happened to my brother too kind of yeah. solidified it. But uh, yes, I've had both no Bigfoot interactions though, but I'm not usually camping in the woods. Around the wilderness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, who knows? Yeah. Could it was funny. Your story just jogged a memory I had. I mean, mm-hmm. paranormal experience. I don't think I've ever shared on the show or with oh, Brandy man. Joe for that matter, where um, years ago, the office I worked at for like years, it was, um, they owned a, a whole office building. Uh, and then mm-hmm. the building next door was vacant and it used to have various, like, I think some like tax offices and stuff in it, but eventually it slowly vacated and there's no tenants in it anymore so my office bought the building next door to expand out into and started using it as like storage and some other stuff but i would go i'm trying to remember why i was even in there i think i had to go pull like some old records or something paper files that were stuck in the old you know the storage area that was over there uh Mm. and i was alone as far as i knew in there uh because they're just that was barely occupied that building. So I was walking out and I, um, I saw somebody walk by 
like just oh. a glimpse. I caught a glimpse of somebody going right, uh, turning mm-hmm. a corner by me. Uh, and I like turned to see who it was. And it was just, you know, empty hallway. But I swear to God, it was, you know, somebody in a suit, which wasn't unusual because of the office I worked in. We all had to wear suits and stuff all the mm-hmm. time, but they were just gone. Uh, and I was like, oh, OK. Uh, and <laughs> I, and then I went and found like my other coworker, And I was like, yeah, somebody else was walking around in there. Must have been looking for something, but I couldn't find them again. And they're like, I don't think anyone else was back there with you you know in mm-hmm. the in the offices i was back in so uh and then i told one of my coworkers, and she was like oh, i've seen a man too like when i was by myself over there and she's like i'm pretty sure the building is haunted so we started like putting feelers out and started getting stories from other co-workers that were like, yeah, the cleaning people hate cleaning that building at night because <laughs> they hear things and they see people like all the time, like at night. And, and then I did a little bit of research and was um, uh, found reviews and stuff or, oh, or like stories yeah. people had written online where they're like, yeah, they, they said at one point there may have been a funeral home or something in that complex that building because it was a big like suite of like different offices and they're like yeah they they think at one point it was a funeral home like a long time ago uh so they're like yeah people saw stuff all the time in there it's supposed to be haunted like you realize you're not going crazy and you start getting like other people like yes being like no i've had the same thing happening that's when it's like so creepy and so unsettling <laughs> yeah absolutely because it, it was one of those where i'm like clear as day it was a person and i went to check and look around i opened like the doors and every other room was empty and i'm like okay there's nobody back here so mm-hmm. okay i'm gonna lock up and walk out of here <laughs> so but no i'm pretty sure that office building is very haunted so because so many people had stories about it that is eerie. i remember um our mutual friend Damon, I think you might have been there. You guys like were in uh, a park. In yeah, in Rotary you guys Park. Saw, like, a big spooky monster, and you guys went back with like baseball bats. Yeah, as, as we game. referred to it, was the Rotary Rascal. Oh, the Rotary okay. Rotary Rascal. It. But no, we're we're utterly convinced. Damon and I still maintain that we saw something. Unusual. Yeah, I remember when he told me that story. He was. Uh, it wasn't like, oh yeah, all the guys together. He was like freaked out by this oh story. yeah it, it's freaky we it, there's something to be said because people will tell you you misidentified something or saw something really quick but there is mm-hmm. something to be said to the feeling you get when yeah somehow mm-hmm. innately your body knows you're seeing something that should not be seen like very quickly i think there's processes in your brain that are telling you like this is wrong like this is behaving in a way mm-hmm. that is counterintuitive to reality or physics as you understand it and there's that eerie sense that always just lingers afterwards. So, mm-hmm. Brandy Joe, have you ever had anything? I don't know if you've no. ever. I once oh, on no. shrooms. I and I think I talked about this once on shrooms <laughs> on a camping trip. I we all swore we saw a UFO. Um, but people who were on that trip have since said like that's silly. We didn't see a UFO. And there were like we were some inside. kids in like a canoe, <laughs> like out on the the water eventually. And maybe they mm-hmm. had like a drone or something. So that was oh. the one and only time that I sort of felt like I was seeing something. But I was really high. It's it's one of those things I know a lot of people are like. I really want to have this experience, but I mean, luckily the ones I have haven't been horrifying, but then you like talk to people and are like, I don't really think everybody needs to have this kind of experience because yeah. sometimes it's not like a fun thing you can chat about on a podcast. Yeah. Like my life was altered that yeah. day. Um, and, and even still, like I've had a few and they're all like very just mild. Like I mm-hmm. saw something that I don't know what it was. 
But I feel like you kind of bury it. It is almost like a trauma because like bringing mm-hmm. it up, I get creeped out again. My skin crawls like talking about any one of these experiences again. But you kind of like just bury it down deep and never think about or, it like, until you talk about it to somebody. Um, you know, I had uh, an uncle who was in the Air Force and I even asked him, I'm like, you know, he's been out of it for years. He's retired. And I'm like, did you ever see anything? Did you know anyone that ever saw anything? And he said, if you were to ever bring anything up, uh, he put it as you would be sent to the sixth floor, which I guess is kind of like the the loony bin. Because mm. some people hear that and they just write you off as a crazy person. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think the notion that like we're the only like free thinking creatures in this vast, huge universe is yeah. insane. I think you're a crazy person if you can't be like, yeah, there's no aliens. Like it has to be. I'm not a mathematician, but I feel like once you put it on paper, it only makes sense that we're not the only ones like ourselves. Ghosts, not very spiritual at all. But that's if they're that spirits. Makes sense to me too. Because I'll that, go off. I'll go off in that direction where perhaps they are from another dimension or something like that. And I like where that where you're catching a glimpse of another existence another vibration is somehow leaking through for some reason for that split second and you see something strange which funny enough is almost exactly one of the movies i'm recommending <gasps> yeah it plays into that like crazy so that's funny you bring that up well i let's think get that's, into it that's perfect time yeah. let's yeah. get into the movie assignments uh, not that i'm trying to cut you off it's just you said that i'm like oh then you're gonna be in for a trip today yeah what a perfect um, segue one of these movies surpassed the thing is my favorite horror movie of all time. The other one is a movie I love. I've seen it a hundred times. Um, I don't, it seems like the first movie brought up is the one that's talked about more. That's mm-hmm. not a criticism. That's just something I've noticed because I want to talk about this movie more, but the first one I'm going to do is Lake Mungo mm. from 2008. Nice, which I know Jeremy's not seen. Never seen, and I'm excited to see it because I've had multiple people tell me I need to watch this movie. So I'm excited. What do you know about it, Jeremy? What do I know about it? I know, uh, isn't it like I think it's a found footage from what I know, or at least it's based around like people find videotapes or there's the viewing, something to do with the viewing of whether us are watching a found footage or they have tapes of something that happened, they're watching it and trying to piece some kind of mystery together. Uh, I feel like it's centered around a lake. I bet there's a murder or some strange shit happening with this lake uh, and hilarity ensues. That's what I, that's That's what I think is going to happen. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see this thing. And then the second one, I think Jeremy, you've seen the Mm -hmm. uh, Randy Joe, you have not also from 2008. They're both, uh, yeah, they're both foreign movies. Pontypool. Oh, kind I have of, seen Pontypool, but it's oh, been a million. It's been a million years, so I'll be excited to see. That. I have not seen Pontypool since it came out. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. And, <laughs> yes, and and I'm hazy on it too because that would have been like I'm pretty sure I watched it while like throwing back a bunch of beers or something like that. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think recollection is hazy. So I'd love to revisit. Oh yeah, it. no, let's do it again because yeah. I yeah cool. I dig that movie from what I remember and, and it's a, it's worth a rewatch. I remember too. I've I've wanted to revisit this thing because it was a movie that Nick the Knife also had on his short list when he was on as a guest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, oh, that would be cool to talk about again. So yes, oh, let's, yeah, let's do. It's, 
it's funny because I picked, I was saying about Pony Pool and then the kill count I was watching and like next week we're doing Pony Pool. Oh yeah, James A. Janice. Yeah, yeah he just covered it. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, I hope they don't watch that. Uh, yeah. I took a gamble. Uh, I had another option, but I had several people watch it and they're like, it's horror adjacent adjacent and i'm like i don't want to bring that to the table <laughs> well now you have to tell us what it was it was um eating raul oh <gasps> i've seen eating raul and that that like inspired someone like ari aster or someone like that movie is like inspired someone to do one of their films i feel like it is ari aster i'm gonna have to look that up but sure. yeah, i've never seen it i like i like eating raul funny enough it also stars uh robert beltran who was just in night of the comet which we covered uh and yeah. and mary warrenov who was also in night of the comet so uh she is the, oh, the yeah, female is right. lead of uh eating mm-hmm. raul so yeah what do you cool. think of that i How like it you- I think it's, do you think it's horror adjacent? Do you think it's horror? Do you think it's adjacent to horror adjacent? I think it's horror adjacent. I would okay, call it okay. I would call it a horror comedy, but the emphasis is more on the comedy. Like it's mm. very mm-hmm. minimally a horror movie. It's more like just a violent comedy movie. If yeah. that makes any mm-hmm. sense, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have to check it out at some point. But yeah, let's uh let's do it. Let's watch yeah, these. Things. Thanks, Ethan. That sounds fun. Let's oh yeah. Do it. Watch them and we'll come right back. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. And we're back now after seconds for all you <laughs> listeners, as we always joke. Absolutely. But it's actually been days for us, so... I had a second thought on Ethan's handle. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) I wondered about Fiend of the Podcast. (gasps) Like, still could be FOP, but instead of Friend of the Podcast, it's Fiend of the Podcast. The official Fiend of the Podcast. (laughs) Yes, I like that. I like It's like one extra step. Yeah. Yeah, Ethan, his royal dankness. Oh, yeah, that's (laughs) what you liked. I just liked that it had some sort of Fiend of the Podcast. I love it. <laughs> the, his royal dankness. It's it's like we used to call our fans little maniacs. Yeah. We still do. Do we Some... still? I don't know. We haven't said it in a long Every time. Every time we it say feels it, like... you say, oh, we never say that anymore. We don't, because it goes episodes. I listen. To be fair, this is the same conversation you guys have every couple weeks it's like yeah we don't call them that anymore than six weeks go by to be clear <laughs> it's <laughs> what jeremy says every couple weeks okay I, that's fair i'm like a, I, I i'm like a goldfish too. you know i only remember what's right in front of me <laughs> <laughs> a week feels like a long time i forget if i said it or not well let's get into these movies and thank you ethan this was fun oh, all no, right i'm having a blast first up is lake mungo which is a hilarious, I don't know, I keep cracking up every time they said Mungo, because that just sounds like a funny word. <laughs> like bunghole? Yeah, kind of. It oh, sounds wow. like it should be like bunghole. <laughs> Lake, Lake Bungo, I'm going to make. And the tagline on Letterboxd is, if you've never seen a ghost, look closer. Ooh. And the description is, after 16-year-old Alice Palmer drowns in a local dam, her family experiences a series of strange, inexplicable events centered in and around their home. Uh, and then it goes on and on, but I don't really want to read the rest of it because that's a pretty good description right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you're the only one who hasn't seen it, Jeremy. I'm the so only one who hasn't thoughts? seen it. Uh, and my first thought is number one, Joel Anderson, the director, has only made this movie. Yep. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Like, why really? hasn't he, he disappeared? Made... He became a ghost. Yeah. Himself. Why hasn't he made more movies? Because this was cool. Uh, mm-hmm. I I am happy to report back that I think uh, all the people, all the horror weirdos over the years that have told me I need to see this movie when I say I haven't seen it were correct, and I did greatly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> as I said on uh, letter, my little letterbox review is just. Uh, Australian Twin Peaks mockumentary style. Like that's exactly what this movie felt like. Like if yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote a Twin Peaks note on my thing as well. Yeah, yeah. It feels very Twin Peaks as this, mm-hmm. like as as if you were to enter the narrative of Twin Peaks and we're like like a camera crew were actually trying to solve uh, Laura Palmer's murder. Like while all this weird stuff is happening, they're trying to keep up on. Like that's kind of what it felt like. Okay, but real quick. Not to give too much away, but there is there one particular moment that really felt Twin Peaks to you? I mean, yeah, I have one very specific moment. Yeah, towards towards the ending, uh, and I mean, no, there's a few. That's a, I so I have one that reminds me of Bob from Twin Peaks. There's a very specific oh, sort yeah. of Bob thing. Yes, just like because isn't that the very first episode of Twin Peaks when she sees Bob in the bedroom? Yes. Right, yeah, yeah just just like thinking about it is so eerie. Bob was yeah. one of the scariest. Did you watch Twin Peaks, Ethan? Yeah, yeah, I didn't see. I you know I watched season one and that was just like so draining, but it was great. I haven't seen the second season, but you know it's been out for so long. It's yeah, I, I know it. every you know <laughs> you know yeah you know what's up yeah. All right, Bob is a going. scary man. He's Bob a very is scary so fucking man. scary, so scary. But yeah, no, there is that moment that is very similar to. Uh, yeah, the Bob reveal. I was also thinking towards the end when this movie starts to spin off into some really cryptic uh, mm-hmm. and trippy territory that I'm like, yeah, this feels very David Lynch inspired uh, with no solid answers, much like David Lynch likes to do. Now, Ethan, you alluded in the first part to one of these films being in your top films of all time. I'm going to venture to say that's Pontypool and not this. Am I no. wrong? No, I'm wrong? Lake Mungo. Oh my God. Oh, okay. This movie stuck with me for so long. Like, I think this is one of those movies where it's like, if you haven't seen it, you have, you should watch it first. Cause there's a lot of spoilers, a lot of weird stuff that comes up, but this is one of those movies. I remember like going to work the next day and having like 10 different tabs open with like a Reddit, a YouTube, Wikipedia, like trying to get as much as I could because it just, I don't know. The movie's so sad and it like hides so much shit that's right in front of you the whole time. They don't hide any of the stuff. It's right in front of you, but you don't even realize it. And like, I remember the first time I watched it when the trailer, not the trailer, the um, credit started the role. I had to turn it off. I was like so uncomfortable with the, I mean, if you're listening at this point, you're you listen to you watch the movie or you didn't but like when they show all that footage all over again it's like oh you know how you're looking here well back there she was there too it's like oh god i i got the chills watching it i hated it but i loved it mm-hmm. yeah so go watch it because we just have to talk spoilery yeah we have to get into spoilers mm. yeah that was uh th- this movie too like feels so real like they did an amazing oh. job mm-hmm. as absolutely a, even though it is technically a mockumentary but i like that they didn't go like the blair witch approach or anything like that where it was mm-hmm. like the camera crew 
was running around with the camera and we had to go find their missing camera and piece together what happened and blah, blah, blah. And somehow they died in the woods, but they perfectly edited a movie together. On yeah. <laughs> but no, this was like designed to look like a professional documentary. And mm-hmm. I feel like if somebody just turned this on and was not told that it was a narrative film, like a fictional film, they would not know. They would probably think it is a documentary mm-hmm. uh, if you were to just start watching it blind. So the first time I watched it, I really liked it. And this was probably shortly after it came out. I want to say I watched it in like 2010 or 11. Mm-hmm. And then a couple years ago, it kept showing up on lists. And I wanted Joe to watch it because I thought he'd really like it. He did not really like it. And nor did I upon second watch. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it. As much like I was like, what did I like so much about it the first time? So I was interested to see where I'd fall watching it this time. And I sort of fell in the middle of those two things. I know lots of like the letterbox reviews are like, it's so boring. I mean, if someone doesn't like it, that's what they say. And I kind of get that. I feel like if 10 minutes were trimmed off, I think it would be a super tight film. I do feel it gets a little, I get a little bored with it with some of the stuff, but I understand that they're adding this footage in to just give you a further feeling for the family and things like that. Some of this stuff, again, spoilery, like the whole stuff with like the, the family next door and like that little affair, like I'm just yeah. like, if that was taken out, I almost feel like it would be just as effective. Like it's just a weird thing that doesn't go anywhere except for to have this weird sort of the creepiest moment to me is finding that there's that guy in that video. Like mm-hmm. I like and knowing that watching it this time, I immediately saw him. But like to me, that was the scariest part. But also, I'm like, this doesn't go anywhere. Like except for to just add on to the fact that yeah. she's keeping secrets but I, I don't know i just found it like such an odd thing i'm like if that was taken out i might like it even more yeah it's it is kind of weird that, that plot line like i while i was watching the movie like my lifetime reaction if you will was that i'm like oh wow what a crazy twist like this is going into strange sad new territory mm-hmm. um Especially then, when they show the tape of them all yeah. having sex, like, wait, yeah. is this kid like sixteen years old? Why are we? <laughs> yeah, it's this? like, oh man, but like, but it did. I didn't really think about it until the end, where I'm like, oh wait, that plot line didn't really go anywhere, or did other, it? Like, I other feel than like just like adding on, yeah, to the secrets, secrets. The, scar- the scariest part of the movie to me, which it even like, I don't know, it just made me so uncomfortable when they. um after they identify the body and it's just that far shot of the car going in reverse. Yeah. I don't know yes. why, but that was yeah. so unsettling to me. Um, obviously there are a lot of things in this movie that are very unsettling, but I remember watching that and like that part of that movie is like ingrained in my head for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, very uh, effective. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I, uh, I read a review on letterboxd where, uh, uh some some user was saying how they watched this movie like late at night alone mm-hmm. and said that like just the entire mood was almost too unbearable to make it through the movie because they're like for some reason just watching in that space like watching alone late at night all the sad well not sad but the slow zooms into mm-hmm. old pictures and stuff like just gave this horribly foreboding like feeling that yeah I can I watched this 
during the day. So <laughs> I'm like, I, yeah. I, I would probably be utterly terrified because uh, the mood is just palpable in this. When thing. I first watched it, it was at night in our basement with all the lights off. And I think we had just gotten a new cat. So we were separating them. And my wife was downstairs and I was upstairs. And I had to call her and be like, I can't sleep. Like, I'm so scared right now. I'm so uncomfortable. Can you please come up? And she was mad. She's like, I told you we shouldn't have watched it. If you heard it was like so scary. But I'm like, I-, I fell asleep. I felt fine. But that next day at work, it was just like the only thing I could think about was this movie. Mm-hmm find it really effective in that it does lots of different things it takes you down this alley then you take a twist here and then you go down here and does that mean anything and it doesn't and then let's go back around to here i find it's really good in that way that it does lots of different things and goes all these different routes and like there's weird other things like when like the the sun comes in with all the bruises on his body but like that never goes anywhere either so there is a really good episode of the Dead Meat podcast. And that's actually how I heard about this movie. And they were like hyping this one up. Like, don't listen to this fucking episode. Go home, watch the movie, like do that first. And I did. And they were saying a lot of like sleuth and stuff is that the brother, like the main culprit of all this was the brother. Cause like in all the footage, she's like, he's just kind of like spying on her and being really creepy. And she's constantly like, okay, get away with, get away from me. But uh, mm. one of the theories is that the brother drowned her. That's mm. why when he comes out, he's like, oh, where is Alice at? And the bruises are like her kind of fighting back. That's oh, I know it's a stretch, but my God, that 100 percent tracks and is not something I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that. That's why I said the very next day I spent my whole workday was on this movie trying to figure out what everything meant. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel like this is one of those movies that feels deceptively simple on the surface, but mm-hmm. as you peel back uh, or, or interpret what you've seen, I feel like there's many directions you can take certain things. I was just looking, in fact, there is a box set Blu-ray that came out of this that was not in the U.S., of course. It's oh not, my God. never I, been I, released I... in the uh, North American region, it looks like, or if it did, it's out of print, but... Or some special edition one from England that's got like all these cool special features on there. And I'm like, come on, put that in the US so I can get this thing and own it. And I want cool supplements. I don't collect a lot of movies or things like that. But that if there was like a huge box set that had like everything I could learn about this movie, I would buy it yeah, hands down immediately. Absolutely. I think I think so. Cause this is like, oh, this is one of those movies where I'd love to see documentaries, mm-hmm. supplemental documentaries and things like that mm-hmm. on the making of it. I think the thing I love the most about it are when like the dreams sort of line up because I, there's just something mm-hmm. about that that I find very effective and so sad, like yeah. and haunting. And just like, to me, that just seems to make sense of how dreams could be and can be that mm-hmm. like, they, they may not mean anything alone, but you put them together. Like they, how they edit them together and they like fit sort of like a, like a puzzle that doesn't know it's fit together. So therefore it's more sad. You don't know mm-hmm. that they're actually yeah. working in tandem with each other. And that's so sad. Yeah. I could talk about this movie for so long. They spend time on each family member and like, you can like, well, we would n- never known if Alice would have done this. Like, how could this like get past us? It's like the dad's like super emotionally disconnected. The mom is kind of a uh, loopy. The brother's a weirdo. It's just like this weird 
I, I would hate to live in this family's house with them because they just seem like the weirdest group of people. But th- I don't go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's that, that was another. A- that was another. Since you're talking about the family, uh, the mom in this mm-hmm. reminded me so much of uh, Laura Palmer's mother. Uh, mm-hmm. Mrs. Palmer in Twin Peaks, where like I love her, the tragedy has just totally broken her, and she's just living one foot in like an entirely different reality at this point. Is the feeling you get? Yeah, but I like at first I was thinking like I prefer like the sort of grieving and hereditary where it feels real raw and emotional, and I don't think that is the case here. I no. feel like it's a different kind of grief, and at first I was thinking mm, it doesn't feel as real to me, but I. I do really like it. It is very different. Yeah, when she's like, I just started going into other people's houses and I'm like, oh, like something's <laughs> very uh, not right anymore now with her, you know? It reminds so. me more of um, Alice from uh, Next to Normal, how that yeah. mom kind of like, she's there, but she's kind of... She's kind of not at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know next to normal, but for anyone oh. out there who does, there is a 60 minute immersive version of it that's happening like right now. And it oh, takes wow. place in this giant room where all the walls and the ceilings are video screens and you like, it moves like around you. And I've only seen like trailers for it. It looks so fucking cool. Is it like a movie or a, like a live? No, like you experience? go and like like and experience it. It's in like Spain or somewhere, but it looks amazing. I'll send you a trailer for it. Yeah, but. yeah, please. Wow. But oh. I also I can't believe that the sun would allow them to dig her up, like knowing that he's responsible yeah. for them thinking that, like to go that far that you would never be like, um. Okay, that was me. Like, <laughs> like, like that makes him the biggest dick. So I, I'm, I, a hundred percent believe he fucking killed his sister because he was probably molesting her. Sure. Yeah, I felt yeah. like <laughs> perhaps uh, he thought he was doing like the right thing and like forcing. Mm-hmm. Them. Like that's the impression I got, where he thought like it'll make mom feel better and things will be mm. right if they can dig it up and dig her up and uh, have to come to terms with that. But yeah. And then going back to the crime scene in her clothes for some reason. I can't remember exactly why, but it's just like the, the brother is such a weirdo. And then like they interview his friends or his one friend. He's like, yeah, we're in a band, but uh, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's funny, too. I didn't really even really think about it watching the movie, like how weird the brother is. But now talking about it, there is a lot more going on there i think than just his mm-hmm. surface level awkwardness like if you look at all like the pictures and stuff of the family he's always like super close to her or right behind her mm-hmm. uh definitely the second viewing it's like oh i should have picked up on this the first time mm-hmm. but uh, what was yeah, the third time i watched it and it did not this time the bruises it's the first time i remember being like what was that all about but mm-hmm. that makes sense that makes sense I found it a little weird that the mom's just like, oh, yeah, we found this safe of hers. Like, I was like, I wish that there would have been some lead in, like, if Alice was Mm -hmm. really around, that there was something that happened, a dream or whatever, that explained how they found the safe, as opposed to, like, it was after he was there, and they're like, why is the neighbor in there? Oh, well, we found her safe, and then we knew why. Like, it just seemed, or, like, that they would have caught him in there with the safe or something. It just seemed like an easy 
way out of finding the safe. Like, I just was like, well, show us how you found it somehow, as opposed to just saying Mm -hmm. that. Does Um, everyone have a safe in this house? (laughs) (laughs) And it was so weird when they, after they watched the video of her and they're like, oh, she was digging. And then they go out there and like, well, we can't dig it during the day. We must dig at night. And I'm like... Okay. <laughs> like yeah. I, you could dig during the day. People will just be like, "Oh, maybe they're burying a dog or a bird or whatever." Or I they're just digging dig- for fun. Just yeah, dig- you can dig for fun. Okay? You can dig for fun. And speaking of that too, when they get the phone and the footage from the phone of seeing herself dead, that freaked me out the most. That mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. image of I mean, even though you already see it previously, but to see it in that new context of like that ghoulish. You don't expect it at all. No, you don't expect it. And then it is her dead face. You're like, holy shit. Like, that's so unnerving Mm -hmm. uh, when they linger on that idea, too. I don't know. That really got to me. Is Mm -hmm. And that's where I felt it went real Lynchian again, too, is like the doppelgangers thing is definitely a component of a lot of David Lynch's work. Um, and if one were to, here I am nerding out for you guys, if one were to actually uh, go into the history of the idea of the doppelganger from like German folklore, it is a usually believed to be uh, people see themselves, mm-hmm. but, it, but it's an omen of uh, death or something horrible is about to happen mm. if you are to see yourself like that. So. Uh, yeah, they really uh, they they used the actual like idea of the doppelganger in here. Mm-hmm. So why did she bury all the rest of that stuff though? Like I can understand your phone. You're like I don't want to have this footage of seeing my creepy dead self. But like why you're like there were like three other things like a ring and a bracelet, a watch or whatever. Like that I, th- I thought that was so weird. And I also I'm okay with the weirdness of it. Yeah. But I just was like, that's so odd to be like, oh, I better put my watch in there, too. Maybe on a third, a fourth, or fifth, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Did you guys um, watch past the credits and see the post credit scene? I did. No. I was wondering if there's a post credit I did for the other one, but not for this one. But I did. So it's not necessarily like a scene. It is incredibly eerie. It is. I would. It's on YouTube. Um, it's another video that, you know, I YouTubed it and rewatched it over and over and over again. Uh, it's, it looks like a still photo of Alice, but she's like black and like, there's lightning and it's like, Oh, oh, I'm getting uncomfortable just talking about it. I would rewatch the movie and just go past all the credits. And it's just like, I don't know what it means. I don't know if it adds or it's just like, Oh, here's a spooky thing, but it is so creepy. The little post credit, um, image blurb i don't even know if you call it a scene okay yeah i gotta look that up interesting the message you guys about that today actually but i thought well yeah no i i I was letting the credits just play because i was watching the uh uh you know when they reuse all the footage and show you what you missed so i watched all those and then it just started rolling the regular credits and i'm like okay it must be over now so i you know what did you how did you guys feel when you saw those credits and you saw like I kind of like the trickery. Yeah, I was like, how deceptive. Um, Because it is there. It's there when Mm -hmm. you go back and rewatch. Like, she is clearly there. But, yeah, I felt like, I was like, wow, good on them to really control uh, the point of focus. Like, the filmmakers really, or the filmmaker really uh, 
realized how to draw your attention here. Like, I want you looking at this thing, not the other person that's on the other side of the frame. Not necessarily even that hidden half of them. I was like, holy oh, crap. No, not, yeah, like right, the uh, right backyard the photo, she's right on the porch. Yeah. I remember when I first saw it and that happened, I started noticing what happened. I turned it off. I was like, I, I literally cannot handle this right now. <laughs> this is so, like... <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, I love this movie. I had a fun, great, amazing time the second time through, but I was still just as uncomfortable as I was the first time. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster, it's kind of scary, but you're like, hey, it's pretty fun. I mean, you know? I, I get uncomfortable uh, every single time I rewatch The Exorcist just because mm. of how terrifying it was as a child. I don't think I'll ever outgrow the. I don't know what you call that. The nostalgia fear. Trauma. <laughs> yeah, the trauma. Yeah, that's what it is. It's trauma. Uh, the trauma of seeing it as a kid. Like, there's always an underlying creepiness no matter how many times I watch it. So I, I can get that. Mm-hmm. Props to them for keeping it so realistic, though, because so often these things are like photographic evidence or of whatever is blurry and grainy because the film mm-hmm. quality that's the best you're going to get out of it. So even like, let's zoom in, zoom in. Like when they do it, you know, an NCIS or whatever, and they're like, mm-hmm. enhance, and they keep zooming in. <laughs> but it's like, it doesn't work that way. It just makes the picture more pixelated and mm-hmm. harder to make out, like after a point. So, you know, props to them for getting it pretty realistic. And the old mm. school video on the phones is so realistic. Like that is beyond realistic and annoying. And I'm like, God, I remember when we used to take video on those old sort of flip phones. It was the worst. And it was so crappy, but you're like, this was the height of technology. So and now it's, it's never going to get better than this. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, any, uh, any other thoughts on Lake Mungo? Lake Mungo has no water in it. Who would have thought? Let's <laughs> 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 just try. Just try. Should we move on to the ratings? Yeah, out yeah, of five yeah. what, Ethan? Five undone, unidentified drowned bodies. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to give it five. <laughs> nice, Ethan. I give it four. Okay. Uh, with my caveat of this feels like, I get the feeling this is one of those movies where I'm like, I lo- it was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, and then I'm going to be thinking about this like for weeks probably. And then be like, I got to rewatch it. And now I, who knows? It'll probably increase if I watch that again. Join so, the club. Yeah. Well, I'm going <laughs> to give it a three and a half, which is cool. more than I was going to give it coming into this episode. And I would be interested to watch it again. I got to mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. So still we have one. Scare of approval. A wide range, all on the upper scale, though. Yes. Highly yep. recommend it. Yeah, definitely check this out, people. If you so much uh, better than so much crap out there. I mean, a hundred percent for sure. Yeah, yeah especially, especially in the, this genre. like the two thousand. Yes. what is they're both from two thousand nine, two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, the early two thousands, like. What a divisive time for horror. You ask mm-hmm. anybody, some people are like, oh, there was some really good stuff in the, t- you know, the the early aughts. Uh, and other people will be like, no, it was all crap and I hated all of it. But yeah. This isn't a Blair Witch 2. Yeah, this this, is, this exactly. Is... This this stands out. This is good. Thank God. Blair Witch 2 was so bad. Oh, yeah. And also, again, Joel Anderson, what happened to you? I want to know, like, did mm-hmm. he really, like, disappear? Does, like... Everything, if like you go on Wiki, I don't even think other than like his like hyperlink sends you to Lake Mungo stuff. I think this dude made a very cool movie. Was like, hey, I did it in a genre where a lot of people don't make super cool movies. I'm done. 
Yeah. Now, he's out in the Outback or something. Yeah. Maybe he's I, out in Lake Mungo. Yeah, he could be. Oh, somebody has an interview with him on Facebook. All right. A we'll transcription of an interview. Come back I, might, I, might, I might have to read that. But yeah, it looks like there's not anything on there. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. So, wow. Oh. Wow. Yeah, no, it's just just like Mungo. Like he doesn't have his own uh his own dedicated page. So bizarre. What happened to you, Joel Anderson? What now happened? You're make another movie. All right. Well, let's go in the same year, but uh a different country. Our good old friends to the north. In Canada. <laughs> Canada with Pontypool. Pontypool. Pontypool? Ponty Pont. Oh God, he's infected. He's got it. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline is "Shut up or die," which I like. Mm-hmm. And the IMDb summary is: A radio host interprets the possible outbreak of a deadly virus which infects the small Ontario town he is stationed in. Okay, mm-hmm. so I had seen this movie when it first came out because I remember it hit like streaming services, and everybody was like, "Real cool, really unique zombie." Uh, movie riff uh so i checked it out and i remember seeing it that first time what i can recall from feeling about it was that like oh it was pretty cool and i guess i did not remember very much about it because watching it this time was kind of a revelation where i'm like i did not remember like many of the details uh Mm -hmm. and i think i was in just like the right state when I started this the other night to just be like locked in, like this grabbed my attention and I was in for the ride the entire movie. Yeah. I am particularly interested in the fact that they said it was like also like a radio play. Yeah. And there Mm -hmm. are versions, but it's just the movie chopped down because I was going to listen to it and Mm -hmm. I didn't need that, but I am very intrigued. And this is my common theme this episode by the fact that it would be like 58 minutes because Again, I feel this would be much stronger if it was not as long. I don't think we need the zombies coming in or whatever, the infected. I don't think we need the 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 one not the 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 girl that works there, but the other girl, one of the guests. Like I don't think we need that scare. Like I think those things are in there to like please some audiences who are looking for like some zombie craze. But yeah. I think it's so effective if it were just the three of them and these radio yeah. calls. Like I think that that's the stuff that is beyond captivating. Yes. I love all that stuff. Like that first like 45 minutes or whatever is so fucking good. I yeah, think it's, it's so incredible. Good. Yeah, spoilers if you've not seen it. Let's get that out of the way because we're going to start – yeah, talking some specifics. I feel like you have to. It's another movie you have to. But the calls from Ken, oh, uh, mm-hmm. describing what is happening, are so much more chilling and effective than to have actually tried to like stage some zombie mayhem, like for the audience to mm-hmm. see, like him describing like the body. They're just piling on top of each other on this car, or like all those moments and. That actor, like whoever played Ken on the phone, like he sounds believably distraught the entire mm-hmm. time about what mm-hmm. he's seeing. Stephen McHattie, again, I feel like there's a certain type of acting talent to literally just be sitting and listening to somebody, but mm-hmm. be super compelling to watch the entire, like his his voice, his inflections, his facial like twitches while he's listening is it, it's it's uh, incredible. Like you're just you're captivated, even though you're literally just watching a man listen to somebody else on a phone call. Yeah, you're like I feel so like good. I'm 
I feel like I'm in it. Like I can feel the the tension with them. It's crazy. If I remember correctly, the original plan was to not do a movie, but to do a stage play. Oh, just, which yeah. would like, if you guys want to do it, I mean, <laughs> I thought <laughs> yeah, about it. Brandy mm-hmm. Joe. Yeah. But that would be, um, cause then you can take some parts out. <laughs> yeah. But no, that would just be, I think that would be super effective on its own, but the movie itself, um, yeah, all the stuff with Ken, especially when the this is so and so's huge teenage son. Yeah, and then you do, uh, it's like silent, and then you're this yeah. baby crying, like because <laughs> they, they could have shown that. Yeah, and a lot of movies do show that because, like, isn't this so creepy? But it's that state of unknowing because then yeah. you get the you get to make up the scary image in your own head. <laughs> yeah, which is always so much more effective, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, it was John John Carpenter said about the original Halloween, like why Michael Myers has as little uh, motivation and personality and all of that as possible is that it's scarier to not know what's actually going on. So, yeah, I think they they use that, but visually they're like just hearing and letting people in a War of the World style, like Orson Welles's uh-huh. radio play, mm-hmm. like let people freak out over what they're hearing. Yeah, and I just, it's just once, and I, I wouldn't even be down for like banging on the doors, but I don't need them coming in. I don't need all that. But I love, th- at first I was like, oh my God, Anna Ferris is in this. Like, I know she's not, yeah. <laughs> but like that girl looks so much like Anna Ferris. Yes, it's, yeah. it's really weird. It yes. is. And I love, like, that's the thing. I only need that as far as for it to be super effective and to have a visual of what happens to someone like how she's like eating like the radio like the parts or whatever and her face is all like slashed up and then she like kind of explodes and you don't even really see that like it's Mm -hmm. so effective in what it doesn't show that when it's like oh well we gotta have a horde come in here yeah we gotta have an attack and all this and i could even go without the doctor quite honestly like i don't think he adds much to it but he's okay other than the like, let's speak French or something. Yeah. Yeah. Another yes. thing with the horde too is kind of just like it reminds me of like the uh Night of Living Dead zombies, where it's just like people in the town, like to your point, just show the one. You only need to see one person turn to believe it and understand it. I don't need to see like 10 people like lazily moping around and banging. around. Yep, yep, into stuff. And I was and I always wonder they can't see them because they track through sound. They don't mm-hmm. hear them. Why do they immediately go to the panels and start banging? What? <laughs> yeah, that's that's just for a different day, I guess. Yeah, that's that, that's, my... that's just uh, filmmakers like we need to create tension somehow with this. Okay, mm-hmm. well maybe they're just aimlessly wandering and they all pile up right here. I don't know. So, so I know mm-hmm. they don't like fully explain it, but like there sort of are these theories of how it, you get infected, which is like by the use of like terms of endearment. Mm-hmm, it's yep. like the main thing that they say, right? Yes. And they hear that and they're told that yet she calls her kid and she's like, honey, 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 honey. Yeah. Yep. And then the cat's name I think was honey. Correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. The name of the cat was honey. There's a couple moments where I felt like I was losing it. Because uh, it, 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 it's just fun plays of the dialogue. There are a couple of moments of this where they seem like they're speaking nonsense uh, to each other, like real quickly, where they're talking, like, uh, you know, the BBC called and they're asking about the poster of the lost cat or whatever. Like, there's this mm-hmm. weird where it feels like 
wait, am I actually, am I paying attention close enough or is the dialogue becoming jumbled? Which I think there are moments where it is, it's intentionally jumbled because I think it's like the beginning of the infection for them where they're not making sense for Mm -hmm. uh, minutes where you're like, yeah, that dialogue feels like they cut and pasted some stuff together, like lines together where, uh, and I just thought that was really effectively done where it's not, it doesn't call attention to it, but it's in there. It's layered in there. Especially in um, the credits. Mm-hmm. You hear that yeah. in the credits too. At, at the very end, uh, he's talking and he's repeating and repeating. Uh, another movie with a post-credit scene that we can talk about later. Yeah. Another what theme the that, fuck is that? Yeah. All about? Who knows? <laughs> yes, I had that. It made no sense to me. But um, uh, apparently, there is a like a quote-unquote sequel movie that is a takeoff of that end credits scene. Yeah. That was what I heard as well. Like a whole movie hasn't actually been made, right? No, it came out. Oh, it Apparently did in like twenty in like twenty nineteen or something like that. Yeah. Do they oh, wow. acknowledge the original movie at it all? It doesn't sound it's... like it from what I read. It sounds like again more filmmakers trying to uh, ape David Lynch's style. They went off and made a very Lynchian thing where Stephen McHattie plays two different characters in the same movie and like, yeah. And it just barely has any tangential connections to Pontypool, but they're like, it's a, it's a thematic sequel or whatever. But yeah, it's people say that's very weird. Sounds like a pass. Yeah. <laughs> when they get like trapped towards the end or whatever, again, I feel like it, I feel like it's like a movie. So like, we got to keep things moving in my own mind. I would have loved for them to have gotten trapped in the radio booth and for things to finish out there. I would have liked her to get infected and for him to have to like kill her or whatever. And then he's left alone. That's how I wanted it. I heard that's how the radio play ends. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause that seems so much more effective, but they're like, well, we got to move locations. We got to have an attack and all of this. But then, like, he tells her or he says that she has to say she killed the kid, which I imagine means the girl that they work with or whatever. But, like, she didn't. No, no. It was, um, remember where they have that really weird Lawrence of Arabia band come in? Oh, that kid. That, yeah, yeah, the, the, the random zombie. that was a kid. I thought that was, like, a small woman. No, that yeah. was that was a kid. A Trigger child. warning, but, uh, there's brown face in this movie. For yes. Us. But don't yeah, they both just, like trample that person? No, they, they well, they kick her to death. Or but yeah, whatever. but like that's not, but he puts the blame on the lead gal. Yeah, yeah, he totally or does. Maybe, or maybe he's kind he of a dick. <laughs> he's kind know, of a I dick. I that's was... what I took. I read it as like, I mean, Mazzy has proven that he's a bit of an asshole. So maybe yeah, he's just like, I, I didn't do that. You did it. More when he's like sit, putting up a front. Like, I feel like when start, shit starts to go down, I feel like he's not as much. But then in those moments, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why are you being such a cock? Yeah, it's just who he is. And I also am not fully sold on the, oh, I cured her. Like that whole kiss kill thing. I just think it's kind of dumb. Like again, I want her to like lose it and for him to have to kill her. And yeah, towards the end, like I, I, I had watched pretty much this whole movie except for the last 20 minutes or so. That's when Sarah came into the room and sat down and started watching it with me. And she's like, this is stupid. Like, <laughs> And I would think she'd like it. I don't know. It seems like something both she and my husband, I'm like, I feel like they would enjoy this. But then like I get to the end and I'm kind of like, nah. Yeah, I was like, the ending goes off into just, I was like, I agree with you. It's going off into some weird territory that kind of got a stretch to be like the English language itself. The words are infected with the virus. And you're like, what? Like, how does that even work? 
Um, so yeah, it does go into some trippy territory at the end, but overall, but I, yeah, it's a but very I really, effective movie. Yeah, I really like just the idea that it's in that spread through language and maybe we don't even know. Like, I feel like maybe that, like giving the answers it does makes it more confusing, like the terms of endearment yet. I don't hear terms of endearment some places yet someone gets infected somehow. So Mm -hmm. I'm like trying to like understand, I would rather them be like, we don't understand how, but like, obviously it would make it more effective if whoever's making the film knows, even if they're not like explicitly telling us. And maybe yeah. that is the case. I don't know. And I feel like uh, what I was reading to the novel that this is based on, because this is based on a novel mm-hmm. uh, and apparently the, the writer, the novelist adapted the screenplay for this. So it's the same writer that wrote the novel. He wrote the screenplay. So mm-hmm. I think he took some liberties from, or it made some tweaks from his book, but it seems like his book got way more into the weeds trying to explain how everything worked. The writer of the book and then the movie, he makes a cameo as one of the guys in the band. He sings the uh, little ending chorus, the, and he will bathe in his blood. (laughs) That's the writer of the movie. Cool. Thanks, James Janice. (laughs) (laughs) I need to watch it. I forgot about it. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched The Kill Count either. I got to go back and check that out. I'm happy you guys didn't because I picked that movie and then I saw it. Like He just put out a Kill Count. Yep. (sighs) And I I really love all three of the main cast members, though. Like, they're all Mm. so good. And aren't isn't Stephen McCaddy and the, the main woman, aren't they married? Are they? I think so. Yes, they are married. They have okay. three children. Isn't that just the cutest? And I feel yeah. like you can see it, like in their relationship. I mm-hmm. feel like yeah. they feel very authentic. I just seriously though, that like first 45 minutes, I think is absolutely brilliant. I love like their dialogue and just all the conversation and the yeah. relationships. Mm-hmm. Like they just get into it and you sort of have to get acclimated to what they're talking about and how they're how this station works. They don't try to like like speak to you like, okay, you're in this station now and here's what you need to know there. You're just in it. And you mm-hmm. sort of have to just be like, okay, here's how it works here. And, and I love that. I love that. Love that. And I did want to point out too, that Stephen McCaddy is an actor that we've seen before on this podcast mm-hmm. in uh come to daddy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. He's, he's like his, he's the fake daddy. Okay. Oh my God. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but, you know, that was a long time ago. That, that, yeah, that was that him. him. Yeah. Okay. I feel the like he and Stephen Lang need to be like brothers. Yes. Yeah. 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 They could be in a movie together and play brothers. That'd be because amazing. of his voice. Yep. But yeah, yeah it's a good flick. I, I think, and I, I do, I mean, prior to the credit starting, I like the last moment in, in it. I love yeah. that. That it's like, well, it's all going to go down. Let's fucking kiss. Yeah, and, and then it ends how it does. And I like I in that. the the end credits, the of course the broadcast showing that the infection has now spread through like the English speaking world like uh, uncontrollably. So, um, and there is a sequel in active development, a more direct sequel, or yeah, an actual you know, okay. direct okay, an sequel actual. called Pontypool Changes, uh, because of course the original novel was called Pontypool Changes Everything. So oh. it feels like, oh, okay. And they're going to continue because it says Stephen McCaddy and um, I, her name's escaping me right now, but uh, his wife, they'll be back in the next. Oh, one. that's cool. Yep. But yeah, like Lake Mungo, I, I don't feel like it in my mind. It's not like a perfect film, but 
so much better than so much it was coming out, especially during this time. Mm-hmm. There was Absolutely. so much crap at the the end of like the early two thousands. Yeah, like especially in the ghost and zombie yeah. realm specifically. Yes. And lots of crap. yeah, that was the height of just tons of zombie movies, tons of found footage, like ghost movies, tons of just the platinum dune style, yes. you know, teen horror. So the worst. Yeah. So these are some definite gems from that era. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm going to say uh, out of uh, five uses of the infected word, honey, uh, <laughs> how many does everybody give it? After seeing it again, because I've seen this movie like a hundred times in the conversation, I'm going to go four and a half. Nice. I really liked it. I had a really good time this time rewatching it. Yeah, I'm I'm also giving this a four as well. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to stick with my old standby of a mm. three and a half. Nice. <laughs> still a scare of approval. Yes, mm-hmm. still a solid. Scare of approval. Ethan gave us two scares of approval, so that that Double rocks. Fisted scare of approval. Hell yeah! Instead of uh, kill his kiss, it should have been scaring is sharing. <laughs> scaring, yes. <laughs> but then that would have been sharing. super weird, and it would have been almost like a Pontypool podcast. And we don't <laughs> yeah. have to go on to that. <laughs> we got to save the people. <laughs> Well, Ethan, thanks for joining us. This was a delightful oh. episode 90. And thanks for all your support. Yes. Oh, no. It was a dream to be here. I'm so happy. I've never um, been on a podcast before. I'm scared to listen to it. So no. Uh, listen everyone to it says over their voice is worse when you hear it. I've, uh, <laughs> so maybe I'll sound more nasally than I think I do. Yeah, no. that's that's how I felt. And now I'm so used to listening to myself. I'm like, yeah, I know what I, li- I sound like. I don't care anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay. Well, what what is one of your favorite phrases to take us out with? Do you have oh. a, a horror one? Go out and vote. That's it. Because <laughs> turn on the news. That's the real horror we're living in today. True. Truth. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug at all? Oh yeah. Is there anything like that? (laughs) Go out and vote. Okay. Uh, That's it. Vote people. No, if anyone, um, no, I really don't. I have an Instagram, uh, e-money, the wise, I post pictures of my, um, my power ranger collection. I have. Yeah. So if that's something like you're very interested in, go ahead and follow uh, Ethan. I, I'm plugging scaring is sharing. Oh, that's what, what I'll plug. So, <laughs> nice. so kind. Well, I guess guys, that's it till next time. You know, episode um, 90 in message, the books. message us uh, yes. at scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Keep watching scary movies and talking about them. And why Ethan? Because scaring is sharing <laughs> oh my god that was an honor that's right <laughs> till next time guys. guys tonight and remember keep watching the skies <laughs> no <laughs> bye bye see ya scaring is sharing scaring is sharing <laughs>